This is Laura Deirdre with Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Daryl Bodner, CIO of North Country Healthcare. Daryl, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Laura. Now, I know you have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and the technology space, especially thinking about where we've been over the last couple of years and then what's ahead. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Daryl Bodner. I'm the CIO of North Country Healthcare um, in Northern New Hampshire. Um, we were established in 2016 of three critical access hospitals um, in, a, uh, in a home health agency. And it's, uh, it's been a long journey for us coming together as, as, uh, as, a, as a group without a tertiary affiliation. A lot of challenges with culture, uh, but we're making great progress. And, and it's, it's been an interesting trip um, for us. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs to that. And, and certainly I can think that, you know, the past couple of years hasn't necessarily helped, you know, all of that having to make so many changes, um, you know, that weren't expected. But in thinking about, you know, what happened during the pandemic, and then what's ahead, what are some of the big issues that you're following in healthcare right now headed into 2023? Oh, there's a lot. I think I think the biggest one, and I think the one that is probably uh, most common, and, and I think the most challenging is is the uh, the, the labor challenges and shortages that still linger. Um, I think these are going to be uh, affect healthcare for probably the next ten years um, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and and we're watching people struggle to be able to fill in those positions. I, I think we're getting past uh, some of the the uh, contract labor issues. But um, I still think that the long-term labor issues and us being able to provide uh, staffing to meet the clinical needs is, is, is difficult. I think during COVID, the, uh, the supply chain um, problems are, are still here. Um, it, still, it still brings a lot to the, uh, to the table for us uh, from you know, purchasing equipment, particularly for infrastructure. Uh, we've got you know, firewalls and edge network equipment that we're ordering a year out before it can be delivered. That proves to be extremely, uh, extremely challenging. Uh, other things that I, I think other things that are coming forward, um, uh, EMR system optimization and integration. We're watching the continued collapse of those EMRs into into uh, single systems um, and, and and the aggregation of of all of that the uh, the modules and applications. And um, I think that there's a, there's a lot of a, a new models for for healthcare um, as we go forward, even even in some of the rural areas. Um, I think the uh, expanded, you know, expansion of healthcare um, beyond our normal roles is is something that's that's uh, it's going to continue to grow. Thinking in terms of of, of uh, you know re- remote patient monitoring and and telehealth issues, I think those are going to continue to grow. Yeah, I, I think that is a great point, and I know it can be particularly helpful in those rural areas to have a, a robust way for people to access remote patient monitoring, telehealth, or other virtual opportunities. And I, I know that it's still a work in progress in many respects to make sure people have access to that from their homes. Um, but when you look at some of the other challenges you were talking about, whether it's um, the labor or supply chain issues, making it hard to really get the materials you need as well, what does that really force you to do as a CIO in thinking about what is my role in making sure that um, we're overcoming some of these issues in, in thinking long-term as well. Um, how could I, you know, make sure I'm doing today what will be helpful in, in hopefully avoid some of these challenges over the next two or three years? 
Well, I think I think being creative with with hiring practices is is key, and I think uh, jumping right into that is, as soon as possible. I, I think that the continued deployment of automation is the primary focus, particularly for ours. Integrations, interoperability, workflow automation tools, and even some AI projects that are in place will help ease the burden that is put upon the the limited workforce that we're going to have. So I think that's it's a continued focus. I think it will bring patient improvement, but that's not the main just of that is to be able to deliver improved outcomes. But I think it's just to relieve the pressures that are on our existing workforce. Um, and of course, with all of that going on, there's there's challenges with security that come into play with it that we have to be very, very aware of and conscious of. But one of our primary focuses is trying to figure out ways to ease the burden on the workforce. And, and that comes with, like as I mentioned, automation, but also with any forms of interoperability um, and, and, and process automation that we can deliver. That's a really great point. And, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering too, what are you most excited about right now and what makes you nervous? I, I know we've talked a lot about um, some big challenges and how technology and you as a leader are tackling them. What really are you focused on that is exciting and could be so helpful? And then in what also makes you nervous? Well, I think I think what makes me excited is, is the proliferation of products and services hitting the market. Um, that with the, with the opening up of Fire APIs, there's a lot of, of additional ancillary services that are being provided that can help boost the healthcare ecosystem, and in particular, you know your 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 your, your own um, areas of of care delivery. Um, you know, it, the market is just prime for innovation, and and there's been a lot of it out there. But I think as you start to look at how those will integrate with your with your existing platforms is when that becomes, um, you know, key to to success. And that's probably one of the things I'm most excited about. And in the same sense, that's probably one of the ones that makes me most nervous because it just continues to grow and choosing the right the right vendor when it comes to that. But the other things I think that make me probably more nervous are, are you know, particularly in rural healthcare, are these competitive markets and, and changes there, as well as regulatory compliance. It's very, very difficult to meet some of these challenges as you go forward. And some of them are all over the, the mark, like the delays in, in appropriate use criteria in imaging is is one. But you've got TEFCA, you've got changes to promoting interoperability, and just information exchange as, as a whole. I think as, as regulatory requirements come into play, and, and I'm in perfect agreement with them, it, it, it just makes it a little bit more challenging for us and, and not knowing what the uh, where that needle is going to land. That's so interesting to hear about, and especially in thinking about those regulatory changes and uncertainty. How do you make plans or really give directions to those within the system who need to be, um, you know, delivering patient care as well as making sure they're compliant? How do you think about that when you know, you know, there's uh, just a lot up in the air in terms of what the final regulations and policies will be, and, and they could always change at any time, really? Well, I think I think what I've I've noticed is I've developed a much stronger relationship with with compliance and risk management because of these, um, and a lot of them depend upon the 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 systems that we've put in place, whether it's your EMR or other ancillary services, um, to to try to meet those requirements um, and working with your vendors to stay ahead of the the deployment times and, and the regulatory release dates is is challenging enough, but getting your organization ready to to adopt those. Um, is is becoming more of an IT role, more so than I'd like to see it be. Um, but like I said, a, a combination of that with compliance and risk management has been a relationship that I think continues to develop and will uh, to try to meet those needs. 
That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, kind of dovetails into my last question here about leadership. When you look over the next two to three years or so, what do you think will be most necessary for effective leaders to become successful as healthcare changes and evolves and, you know, really um, what you need in order to work with your teams and have organizational uh, success changes? Well, I think, I think, as I mentioned previously, you know, staffing, recruitment, retention, and outsourcing um, appropriately are probably something that's going to be around for many years to come. And that's sort of, a, I think, a given at this point. But I think more robust da- data analytics and predictable intelligence in healthcare is going to be key. Um, you know, being able to react, react to business trends um, in real time and, and get some predictability into not only, you know, your local markets, but also what's, what the landscape is changing to. I think a lot of that will will come out of a robust data analytics program. Um, we've been extremely flexible and adaptable. Uh, COVID has shown us that. I think that needs to continue. We need to be more agile. Um, healthcare is not the healthcare it was five years ago, um, and I think that that will continue to 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 grow and and to be part of our normal uh, processes. Uh, patient experience, expectations, you know, evolving payer structures chronic disease management. There's there's just lots of things that will still be prevalent and will be advancing further and further, I think, as we go forward. Um, one area, and I, I may have even mentioned this previously uh, at other times, is the diversification of revenue sources. Just healthcare thinking outside of the box at ways that they're going to be able to stay competitive and meet their their financial obligations. As these markets and, and these these competitors start to move in, it, it changes. There's a cost shift. So when you look at you know trying to not just eliminate costs, um, but you're talking about utilization, standardization, and centralization of things, um, I think I think it makes a, a big difference. And you you look for some some new things. Uh, two service lines that we offered were a durable medical equipment line as well as sensor distribution. That's unheard of for for small hospitals, but we we really had to do something to be able to meet that. We've rolled out retail pharmacies, and we're looking at other things like transportation and housing and all these other markets that will help support our healthcare initiatives that have been challenging um, along the way. That's a really great point. And, you know, from your perspective, as you're adding some of these different service lines, revenue sources, I can imagine it, it's not always easy, but especially as a rural healthcare system, you know, to go out and really make the right investments to see that return on investment. So how do you, you know, make those decisions? What do you really think is, um, you know, when you're talking about, hey, how do I make sure that this is going to be fiscally sound and make sure that we can, you know, keep this going in the future, especially especially, um, you know, when there's no such thing as, as certainty um, anymore. How do you really make those decisions or just, you know, we have to change in order to survive? I, I think a lot of it, I mean, we have a great leadership team and we, we meet all the time. I mean, it's just a constant you know, communication and looking at what, what initiatives we have to do. And then I look for gaps and voids or pain points. Um, housing for, for recruitment for, for new uh New staff coming in is a challenge in our area. The the, the um, inventory and market is just it's just there's not a lot of it. So that leads you towards looking towards you know trying to be able to provide housing and real estate. Um, we've had challenges with distribution of durable medical equipment, which is why we moved down that 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 line. Um, our, our our centralized warehouse. Um, the reason for that was is we couldn't get trucking to deliver to some of our areas, and we also couldn't buy in the bulk volumes that would, would, would be fiscally responsible for us. So we decided to go down that route to invest in those. Um, I, I think you look for those gaps in either your your uh, your service lines, 
where either you're spending more money than you should or you're looking at, at you know cost avoidance issues or the pain points for your for your uh, for your patients and one of those was our retail pharmacy piece they've had challenges staffing even pharmacists in some of our our, our local commercial pharmacies so we've decided to take that on uh, we'll, we'll see where the revenue comes from eventually I, I think it'll I think it'll be fine but you have to look at those pain points and that's what's been driving us Fantastic. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Oh, thank you so much, Lord. It's always a pleasure.